Hi guys, welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Alice. And I'm Maxine. Today we're talking about annual perfections. It's a simple tool basically to get a general overview of what a year holds in store for you given your age. Yeah, so this is a lot easier than trying to read a transit chart. So if you are interested in like predictive astrology and trying to figure out what the next year holds for you or what like the like two years ago was like for you, if you want to look back at the past, a perfection is really helpful because it just shows like a general theme. Like, so for instance, I'm 28, all 28 year olds are in a fifth house perfection year. So like fifth house themes come up. Maxine, Mm -hmm. you're 27. So you're in a fourth house perfection year. Um, but we'll get into, yeah, yeah, and you move, (laughs) right. So like fourth house home themes, but we're going to get into all the details of this in this episode, but it's really simple, predictive technique. Yeah, and it's it's just such a nice way to kind of see how patterns repeat themselves too, so you can kind of think in advance what might come up. Um, but okay, let's get into the transits for the week ahead first. This is the week of May 30th going into the first week of June. Yes, so what do we have first? Okay, so today is Sunday, May 30th. Yesterday, the 29th, Mercury stationed retrograde in Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, so it will be retrograde until June 22nd for the next three weeks or so. We have a whole episode out on Mercury retrograde if you want to go back. So we're not going to go into a whole lot here. But basically, the next three weeks is really a time to like slow down, reflect, kind of revisit things from the past. Maybe, I don't know, address recurring thoughts or like more difficult conversations that you need to have. It's really a time to like look inwards and realize maybe what you could improve upon. Yeah, and definitely we mentioned this as well in that episode, but because the retrogrades are happening in air signs, so this one is in Gemini, just expecting maybe more miscommunication or needing to rethink the way that you interact with people at a social level or just kind of needing to set boundaries and communicate in a way that's more aligned with what you need. Also, just expecting with any retrograde some delays. Yeah, so if it's like you're waiting to hear back from a job or like a big project to come in or waiting to get money from something or like seeing if a relationship's going to work out, it's probably not going to pick up momentum until this Mercury retrograde's over. So don't get frustrated if it seems like life just like isn't moving as fast right now Um, because it never does during Mercury retrograde. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not a time to freak out though. I don't know why there's all this like, freak out hype around mercury retrograde it's like really just a time of like slowing down and sometimes you need that like you can't just Mm -hmm. go 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 at at all I don't know every single day of your life right it's definitely time for slowing down and really using this time to reflect like if things come up during this time that are frustrating or just show you that you need to work in on that area using that as a sign from the universe that, okay, maybe I do have to do some reflection here and reworking it. So that way going forward, that area of my life is stronger. Yeah. And because this retrograde is in Gemini, like Maxine said, it's important to look at what Gem- what house mm-hmm. Gemini is on the cusp of in your chart, because that's the area of life where there might be like some kind of confusion or needing to rework or really needing to like reflect and improve upon that area specifically. Yeah. 
And as you're saying that, I'm a Gemini rising. Oh. <laughs> it's my chart ruler. So I'm like, I'm just very interested to see what comes of this upcoming retrograde. Yeah, I feel like when the retrograde's on like your rising sign or your sun sign, mm-hmm. it is a little more difficult. Like I, that February one that was an Aquarius. Yes. For three weeks, I literally was like, what am I doing with my life? Like it was <laughs> no. just like this like confusion that came out of nowhere for three weeks. <laughs> Yeah, no, I definitely think that I'm starting to sense that already, even as we were recording this before it happens. So, but yeah, definitely knowing in advance that that's to come helps. So that way I'll know to slow down more, which is great. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then at the end of this week, Friday and Saturday, June 4th and 5th, Mars is in Cancer and it opposes Pluto in Capricorn. And this will be kind of like felt into the next weekend. Yeah, so Mars, okay, yeah, so they're both at 26 degrees of Cancer and Capricorn, and when Mars and Pluto contact each other, because it's an opposition, you may feel like there's, I don't know, you may face, like, control issues in your relationships or feel like other people are, like, trying to determine certain aspects of your life, like maybe you're getting into problems with a coworker who's trying to micromanage you, or there might be some relationship tension going on, Um So I would just try, I don't know, what would your advice be for this? This is tricky. Yeah, this one, so Mars and Pluto are kind of known as more malefic planets. Like it doesn't always have to manifest, of course, in a negative way, but it can be more challenging. So like Alice mentioned, relationships being more of a focus with oppositions um, and also just external events or things coming your way that you have to kind of cope with. Like you might feel like a lack of control and you're kind of struggling to get more control or like maybe struggling to assert yourself or want wanting to kind of like not compromise about things and it also might kind of be energizing too I feel like sometimes with the oppositions they get written off as you know negative but it actually does create a lot of inner tension to put toward your goals especially with Mars and Pluto because they can be really really energizing and I would say that um that part about needing to be in control could lead to obsessive behavior like let's say you sense that someone is pulling away and doesn't like you there could be like a getting obsessed with like needing the relationship to work or something like that or like feeling like I don't know something at work might not be going your way and then kind of like intensely wanting to pursue that and have it work out perfectly Mm -hmm. there's just kind of like a fixating quality of Mars and Pluto That's a really good point, Alice. And I do feel like on the positive side, it could be like you're using this time to recognize your willpower and like how strong your will is to accomplish something, even when the universe is testing you. So like it could help you to feel more empowered or sure of yourself or recognizing just how powerful you are and like your own personal strength to overcome things. Yeah, that's a good point. And then also, um, just like for the general energy of the week, like we've come off the May 26th lunar eclipse in Sagittarius, so the moon is in its waning moon phase. So until we get to that next solar eclipse on June 10th in Gemini, you may just like, I don't know, again, this kind of goes along with the Mercury retrograde themes of like reflecting, kind of like releasing, not having so much happen in your life until you get that new push and that new start around June 10th. Mm-hmm. Yes. And also important to note that it is still eclipse season during these two weeks leading up to the next eclipse. So 
even as you're reflecting there, it might be that you do find opportunities are coming to you and just being more open-minded, I feel like for anything maybe new or unexpected coming your way. Yeah. Okay. Let's get into our topic for today, which we said (laughs) is annual perfections. Um, So we're going to start with what are perfections to get more into it. They are an ancient Hellenistic timing technique in astrology. Um, So it's used to predict what's to come in any given year. And there's a general theme for that year with perfections. Mm -hmm. Maxine, do you want to go into a little more of the logistics there? Yeah. Okay. So basically where your ascendant is, that's in your first house, it moves through the houses of your natal chart, one house per year that you're alive. And so based on whatever year old you are, you look to see the corresponding house in your birth chart. And then that is the perfection year you are in. Yeah, and so perfection mean literally means to advance. So you're advancing your ascendant one house per year. Mm-hmm. Um, and it takes 12 years to get around the entire chart because there's 12 houses in your chart. Uh, so in your first year of life, you're in year zero, which is a first house perfection year. Then when you turn one, you automatically switch to the second house perfection year, When you turn two, you're in the third. When you turn three, you're in the fourth, and so on and so forth. So it's like you're going around counterclockwise around the entire chart through the houses. Um, And that's actually a good point to bring up, Alice, because like having – like when you look into annual perfections, it's often confused. Like the first house, people will think, oh, that's the first house. So when you're one, but it's actually zero. Like the first house starts with zero to one, your first birthday. Yeah, that's really good to clarify. Um, in case that was confusing. Yeah. And so every 12 years, a perfection year will be repeated. So as we talked about, like, this is such a good astrology technique to look at patterns in your life that appear every 12 years, because you return to like a first house perfection year. That's your, so you're in a first house perfection year, like I said, when you're zero, then again, when you're 12, (laughs) then when you're 24, then when you're 36, 48, 60, and so on. So you're like going to get similar themes of that first house perfection year every time it comes back around to that. Um, I love that. I'm just laughing, Alice, because I'm like, when you're zero, like it just sounds yeah, so funny. When you, yeah, it sounds so funny. Um, but yeah. And same with like being in a fourth house perfection year. Like you have that when you're three. You have yeah. that when you're 15 and then 27 and then mm-hmm. 39. Basically, like all of those years you were saying are associated with a house. And then those themes of that house might be brought up during that year or maybe challenges or like other things related to it throughout the year. You can see like kind of coming up. Yeah. So if you know you're in like a fourth house perfection year now or a third house perfection year now, maybe it could be helpful to rewind 12 years and see what was going on at the last time you had a third house perfection year or a fourth house perfection year. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting to note too, because like you might not remember when you were like three years old, but um, actually there are some years that do, if you had an important moment in your life when you were really young, it can actually be helpful to go back and kind of like look at your annual perfections and we'll get into that. But to kind of see what themes were coming up for you. Like they actually can be super accurate, even if you don't remember them super strongly for every year. 
And like could trigger memories like, oh, that year yes. was about that. Okay, wait, that makes sense because that happened in my family and like, or my parents did this, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so we just love perfections because all you have to know is a person's age to figure out what the major theme for them in that year yeah. will be. That's why they're so great if you're literally just starting out with learning how to predict stuff with astrology. Mm -hmm. And it's such an underestimated tool. I feel like people talk about transits and progressions and all these different things, but like, you know, perfections themselves are kind of like forgotten a lot of the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So let's explain how to find that. Um, So the only website I know of that has perfections on it is horoscopes.astro-seek.com. They have a really great um, perfection feature on there. And basically, you can go to horoscopes.astroseek.com, enter in your full birth info. Then to the right of this right-hand side of the screen, you're going to see other chart options under the header current horoscope. So you'll see like transit chart, synastry chart, like moon phases and you'll also see one called perfections and then in parentheses annual so definitely click on that option and it'll take you to um, a circular chart with rings all around it and in each layer of the ring you'll see like 0 to 12 and then 12 to 24 and then 24 to 36 so like as you go around as you get like further out in the rings it's going to be like older ages Mm mm-hmm Yeah. The first house is always multiples of 12. So like 12, 24, 36, 48. Um, It's always a first house perfection year. And then 25 is a second. 26 would be a third house perfection year. 27 is a fourth house and so on. And so then also like if you're not in your 20s and you're older, like let's say you're 40, you can always know that like the first house perfection year is a multiple of 12. So like a first house year in addition to 24 is also going to be 36. Let's say, and so if you're 40, you add four onto that. What's one plus four? It's five. So you're in a fifth house perfection. You're at the age of 40. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and uh, again, like, like Alice had mentioned, if this is kind of sounding confusing, you can always go and look up the chart and it's, I'm a very visual per- person. So it's very easy to see when you see it laid out too. Yeah, like it's so easy. You just like look at the numbers and then the house associated with that current age you're in. So if this is sounding confusing, definitely go to Horoscope AstroSeek and you'll find that. Yeah. Do you want to kind of, Alice, before we get into more nitty gritty things, because basically we're talking about like the age in general does correspond to a house, but it's not like everyone when they're you know, 24 is going to have the exact same year. It actually, there are some other kind of things brought up. Do you want to get into that now or give some examples first? I think we'll, let's get into some examples of what themes have been okay. for us in particular house years. Um, so just looking at like an age, like 24, when that's a first house year, I guess it's important to kind of rewind to 23 first because 23 is a 12th house perfection year because it's the end of that second cycle around the whole chart um so everyone when they're 23 has a 12th house perfection year and that's often a time where you feel like very alone like you're you've graduated college I feel like a lot of 23 
23 year olds feel kind of lost. Like you don't really know where your career is headed. You might be in a job you really don't like. Your friends from college suddenly don't maybe don't feel like the same people you want to hang out with anymore. It's kind of like you're thrown into like being an adult and maybe it's like confusing in learning how to do that at first. So that definitely rings true with 12th house themes of like lost kind of feeling maybe a little directionless or feeling maybe just not so in control over your life. Yeah, definitely. And I almost, when you were describing that, Alice, I was thinking about like, it's almost a year where you feel like you're just kind of floundering to know like who you are. And it's a super reflective year, like looking on the whole past 12 year cycle of where you're coming from and kind of also trying to build that identity for yourself, but also like shedding parts of you that aren't you. And so sometimes that can mean like loss of friends, loss of a lot of stability. And also a lot of the times I feel like that's a turning point for people where they do get into things like astrology that are that more spiritual realm, um, things that you can keep with you no matter what transitions you have in your life. I'm trying to think back of when I was 23. I was in grad school in London. Um, So I had an ending at the start of that year. My boyfriend broke up with me and I was really depressed, like right around the start of that 12th house perfection year. It's like a loss kind of thrown back on being alone again. Um, And then I had, I was in a grad school program, but there were only like 10 people in the fashion journalism pathway at my school. So it was like, there weren't a ton of friends at first and like the first like six months or so of that perfection year I feel like I was alone a lot like even though I would be social sometimes it was a lot of like hanging out in my room alone when class wasn't in session Mm, yeah um that's kind of similar for me too actually because I would have when I was 23 I was just finishing up my master's in New York and that was such a difficult time because like money wise too I like was making like I know Alice I remember when we used to make those pizzas and stuff like oh my god um, <laughs> like on pita bread um basically it was a time where it was really difficult because I am financially it was difficult and like just even a job I remember that whole summer I was just like what am I doing with my life I have this degree but I don't even know if this is what I want to do and like struggling to find opportunities or even make myself feel seen which I feel like with the 12th house it is a hidden house it's like asking you to be kind of thrown back in on yourself and so once I graduated around my birthday and then through the summer leading up to August when I actually got a job it was like so much self-reflection and a lot of struggle that I went along with that that makes sense like feeling like you had gotten this degree but didn't know what to do with it because that's also how I felt I was like in grad school for fashion journalism and the more assignments we were given and the more like we were told what jobs to look into I was like this is like really not what I want to do yeah and I thought that's what I wanted to do Mm, yes that was the same for me I was just like wait why did I get this thing like I almost felt like I was confronted with a lot of self-limiting beliefs too like which is also a big self 12th house theme like I was just kind of wondering if I did this program to like prove myself or if I wanted to do it anymore um yeah so tons Mm -hmm. of themes like that so if you're listening you're 23 like know that that's just a theme of being 23 it kind of is not an amazing year 
because of that 12th house themes. Um, or if you want to look back at 23 and like get clarity around that year. Um, Mm -hmm. I would add too, though, like, I think mine was a little bit different because I do have, it is like where my sun is placed, my South node, my Venus. mm -hmm. So in that sense, um, like finding the theme of like really finding myself, I feel like came into greater focus, even though it was a more challenging year. And it makes sense why I had financial difficulties because like Venus is there, you know? Oh, that's interesting. Coming out of that. Um, so as you transition from 23 to 24, you automatically enter into a first house perfection year. So that tends to be maybe a year where you do find greater direction and you have more confidence and you start to kind of like pursue new goals and new interests. Like, Things definitely picked up in my life at 24. Like I moved back to the U.S. I got my like dream job or so I thought. And then (laughs) um, it was just like a ton of new experiences. But it also first house is still like it's singular. It's like about yourself. So it is still kind of like a more alone type of year. Mm, that's interesting yeah and actually so my first house perfection year I actually got into astrology so that was like a huge change in the way that I thought the way that I approached life like a big shift in my perspective mine was a lot about just like growing up like I went from being in university to like and having like financial support from parents to like moving to New York having to do everything on my own like being cut off like really having to step it up and like be an adult yeah no and I think also with the first house it definitely has a lot to do with like being independent and being on your own and yeah so a lot of those themes I think for me carried over from the 12th yeah and I guess to continue it on should we go like yeah. in a row or should we like switch it up I mean but just like kind of just to I go think to show yeah a couple maybe more Maybe a couple more of this theme because second, third, fourth, (laughs) and fifth. Honestly, I have such good ones for these. Yeah. Second. Okay. So second is 25. um, And that is often because the second house is a lot about money, finding self-worth at your job, like learning what skills you're good at at work. I remember at that time, even though I was still working at Vogue and I hadn't made a switch to working for myself yet which is a second house theme, kind of like working for yourself, building your own business. That was the year I got into astrology. I also was doing a lot of freelance writing for like brands and companies on the side. So I was making side income in addition to my regular job. So I was like really focused on like building, getting more money for myself, which is such a second house perfection um, theme. And then also at the end of that second house perfection year, I started charging to read astrology charts and I built my website out and really got that business off the ground which continued to blossom in the third house perfection year oh my gosh and I love that too when you think about so I got into astrology in my first house and then in my second house that's how long it took for me to then start charging as well um and like making that into a side business and so it it just goes to show like Alice I feel like when you start astrology that happens so much more quickly and that was probably partially because of you having that second house perfection yeah. year. It was like a very business oriented year where I was so focused on like money. And sometimes that can be just like worried about money and like feeling like you're not paid enough. Like I started to get really sick of like not getting paid anything at my job. So it was definitely yeah. looking for outside sources of income there. 
Mm. And also that year for me was a lot about valuing myself. And so partially part of that was like starting to charge for readings because I was putting so much time into them. Um, Mm -hmm. And then so it's like when it comes to I think second house, sometimes people just think about it as money. But like that theme of the year was like learning to value myself and my relationship to money changed as I valued myself more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a good point. Um, Third house year, loved a third house year. (laughs) So third house is a lot about communication, getting out of your neighborhood, meeting people, also about travel. Like I went on so many trips that year. I flew, I went to like, um, I flew like internationally like five times in the third house perfection year. This was a lot of travel. It was also connecting with people like at that part. I had just quit my job and like a large part of my income was doing events for brands. So I would like come and be like the astrologer at a brand event and do meet all these people I didn't know and like be giving them readings like on the spot. So a lot of like quick and practical like communication stuff, which is third house. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, that's a good connection. And I actually so I had a lot of travel for my third house perfection year even though that was during COVID it was like a lot more local travel which is like third house themes um but then also because in whole sign my IC line dealing with home and family um and your roots and emotional foundations is in the third house so even though it was a third house perfection year it carried in themes of that fourth house for me personally and so it was a lot about um like a lot of healing happened, I feel like, during that year for sure, looking back on it now. Yeah, so 26, when you're in a third house um, perfection year, I would say just, yeah, themes of, like, communication and also, like, intaking a lot of information super quickly. Like, at that point, I was still starting off as an astrologer, so it was still a lot of learning on the side and, like, having to still improve upon being a better astrologer. So a lot of learning and applying that really quickly to giving people readings. Mm, I love that. And then so if you are like me, though, and you have your IC in the third house, that just carries into the like fourth house themes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, with a fourth house perfection year, so you're 27 there or 12 down 15 or 39 if you're looking at the chart. Um, But 27 is a huge year for moving, also like connecting with family or kind of like having realizations about the relationship you have with them. It's very centered around the home. So you may notice when you get to the age of 27 or if you're looking back at that year, maybe there was like a significant move that went on or you like went and lived with your parents for a little um, or you just kind of like got more serious about the home and like wanted to do something more significant there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so also it could be like getting more in touch with your roots, I feel like, and kind of reflecting on your own identity, like what you've been conditioned to believe is like about yourself and how you relate with your own needs and need for nurturing. And then like giving yourself more of what you need. Like, I feel like it's a really nurturing year. Yeah, like you moved, you just turned, you just entered the fourth house perfection year when you turned 27 a month ago. Uh And within the first month of that fourth house perfection year, you moved. Yes. And what's so interesting about that move is that it's something that Nick and I knew we needed to do for a long time. And then literally I turned 27 a week later. We like I was packing and not even a week later, like that next week we already were moving. So it like happened so quickly and it, it really shows like, 
how when those perfection years hit, it's like those themes become evident immediately sometimes. Immediate. Like I had the start of my fourth house perfection was January 2020 because that's when I turned 27. And like two weeks into that, my roommate blew up at me, had massive roommate problems um, at the start of that fourth house perfection, which we'll get into in a second about why sometimes one year, one year for someone might be a little more difficult than it is for someone else. Yeah. Cause that's based on something else. Um, but then also I moved back in with my parents for COVID a large part of that, like three months. And then I myself moved apartments to live alone. So literally the entire year was about home related stuff. Like it took up all my mental energy. I remember that. That was actually crazy. That was like the central theme, everything related back to. <laughs> it was, uh, Yeah. And then it was so refreshing to come out of that at age 28 to fifth house perfection year because that's so much about like relaxing, enjoying yourself, like being creative, welcoming romance into your life. And within a week of that perfection year starting, a week of turning 28, I met my current boyfriend. Yes, I love that. I'm so excited to come into that year even a year from now. But um, and the fifth house also does have to do with like children, pregnancy sometimes. Um, and obviously like anything like Alice said, having to do with creativity or finding greater pleasure and joy in life and romance and true love can definitely play a part in that. So I feel like when you see people maybe like getting married during that age of 28 or even like having children or thinking about that more long-term relationships and starting a family of their own, like that can all be fifth house related or even starting a business of their own, like that can almost be like their baby, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then in tying into that like seventh house perfection year at age 30, that's always a big relationship time. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes that can be when you get married or you get engaged or you decide you want to settle down. Like my boyfriend just turned 30 last month. And so now he's in a seventh house perfection year and like he's in his first like um, major relationship ever. So it's kind of in both of our perfection charts having themes of relationship and romance this year oh I love that that's so cool and that's why it's so important like your compatibility um is so spot on I feel like yeah it's like interesting how it's always kind of um I noticed what was it I noticed wherever Jupiter is transiting because Jupiter also has a 12-year cycle around the chart so wherever that's transiting my chart is the area of life where he's having a perfection year Oh my gosh, I love that. That's so beautiful. Um, And that also, well, that gets into something else that we'll get into after. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, just to go back, so rewinding to the sixth house perfection year. So this is when you're 29. And this can kind of bring up a lot of themes surrounding work or getting into better self-care, routine habits. Um, Maybe you're working out more um, or treating your body with more love. It can also kind of bring up a lot of themes having to do with wanting to balance the areas out in your life of like work and then also your private life. Yeah, I associate 29 in the sixth house perfection year is like literally just like hard work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm honestly scared because that's going to start for me soon, but <laughs> like eight months away. But still, um, also it's 29 is really like when you're in the midst of the Saturn return. So I think it makes sense that it lines up with the sixth house perfection year where it's really about like practical, like work and having a set routine and really like 
being mindful of your responsibilities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and your health too can become a bigger theme during your sixth house perfection year. Okay, the rest, I mean, I haven't <laughs> experienced, I haven't experienced 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34 um, taking us through the rest of the chart. But like looking back, I guess the last time I was in a seventh house perfection year, I was 18. I think what was going on that year? I was thinking back to 18. I was like, that was not enjoyable. (laughs) Yeah. So we mentioned 30, like being a marriage year or like a significant relationship year, even if it does mean a breakup um, when you're 30. But yeah, rewinding 12 down to 18. I mean, sometimes people have their first significant relationship at that time. For me, I think I was like getting romantically involved with guys for the first time, like um, I'm trying to remember, like, I, I just remember I never like hooked up with anyone throughout high school or like really kissed anyone. And then like closer to the age of 18, that's when all of that started for me. And yeah, that's a theme for, I think for a lot of people. So that's kind of how like the seventh house can play out. And also themes having to do not only with like interacting with like potential people who could become partners, um, but just in general, finding greater balance in your life. Like that was the, when I went off to college and I know like I was such a nerd about like wanting to study and then also finding that balance of like taking care of myself. Like it was a really hard year and also interacting with so many more people, which is to do with the other and relationships. So I guess that's how that tied in. And for mm-hmm. me, that was really challenging <laughs> to balance it all. That makes sense. And then if we head into 19, it kind of takes that a little further. Um, So also an eighth house perfection year. So that would be 19, also 31, 43, those multiples of 12. Um, And then so at 19 with eighth house, I feel like oftentimes there's like the first sexual experience. That's definitely like intimacy is an eighth house theme. Also, maybe if you're at the age of 31, maybe it's like you're blending finances with someone or getting more serious about investing your money and making huge like purchases that are like um more mindful of like tucking away money for your future that kind of themes could come up a lot and yeah I also feel like looking back to 19 I feel like it's a more empowering year like maybe when you turn 18 you like are trying to kind of like interact with the world and you're kind of not knowing where how to interact and then I felt like when I turned 19 it was like wait I don't want to be pleasing other people it's like the eighth house has a lot more to do with self-empowerment and self-transformation so it was more like what do is it that I want and kind of realizing my power like that's when I transferred schools um to go to Franklin where I met you Alice (laughs) wait and that leads us into ninth house perfection so that's age 20 and also 32 44 um but in at age 20 that ninth house themes are like foreign travel higher education so I transferred colleges too at age 20 and I went abroad to school in Switzerland and was traveling a lot more so that definitely played into the ninth house themes with that year I can't wait to see what 32 holds like I love a ninth house perfection yes I know I feel like like honestly all the firehouses like first fifth and ninth like I just love those (laughs) those those are good ones to have in a perfection yeah I mean I always had wanted to travel and then when I turned 20 I got to travel like it unlocked a whole new level of experience that I had always wanted so um 
So yeah, that was so expansive and really helps you to kind of come into your identity more. That's also where you might take more risks. So like I met Nick when I was 20 and in a ninth house perfection year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't think romance, I mean, oh, I was actually in a long distance relationship with this Italian British guy. That yeah. Time. So it was like for, that foreign influence found itself with me even when I wasn't traveling. <laughs> oh, and that's true. I didn't actually think about that connection, but Nick is like Spanish. So that makes sense. That's really interesting. Okay. To wrap it up, the last two, um, 10th house would be ages 21 and also 33 and then 45 and so forth. Um, looking back at the last 10th house perfection year I had at age 21, I, so that's 10th house is going to be like a huge career year more, or where you're just more focused on long-term career goals. That was when I started my blog stock, which is where stock Alice comes from. And that was a fashion blog in order to get fashion internships. So it was like wanting something on my resume, really thinking about where I was going with career at that point. Yeah. And I feel like for a lot of people who are 21, um, that is a time where if you are in college, like you might be like, yes, you're in college and you want to have fun, but it's like all of these responsibilities that you're anticipating can kind of outweigh that fun that you want to have. Like, even as you want to go out, it's like, oh, but I need to like plan for my future, which is such a 10th house theme. True. And you're kind of anticipating like, oh, because usually people graduate college around 22. So it's kind of like, I only have a year left. Um, A lot of people get internships at this time or Mm -hmm. need work experience. So they have something on their resume before they graduate at at the 22. And I was just thinking also in America, when you turn 21, which is a 10th house perfection year, it's like you're fully coming into your adulthood almost because like drinking is legal. And so it kind of allows you to be like, oh, I'm like not a little kid trying to like sneak around behind like, you know, my parents. That's interesting, <laughs> like changing social status. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then 33, I feel like most of our listeners might be closer to that one. Um, again, like major career decisions being made in that 10th house perfection year or like change in career direction totally. or taking on a way bigger role and getting more public attention. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the 11th house perfection year. So this is if you're like 22, um, and or 34 I guess and then it can be a lot more about like kind of going out into the world wanting to make maybe new friends getting a new group of friends like losing friends um tons about also like changing your direction maybe like you have new dreams that you have come up during this time yeah thinking back to 22 I definitely I started off that year with not a lot of friends. This was like last year of college. So that's kind of weird that I wouldn't have friends at that point. Um, But you had transferred a ton. Yeah. And like people at our school came and go, came and went really frequently. Like people would come to study abroad and then leave. So I think it was one of those cycles where a lot of people left. So I was happy to branch out and meet new people. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I remember just coming into contact with a lot of different people at that point mm-hmm. and so that would have been was was that my last year too Alice I think it was because you had transferred um that no I graduated so 
22 was um, 2015 for me. So you were still a junior, I think. Mm, Okay. So yeah, that would have just been, I remember there was a ton of like changes where I kind of, it came into greater focus, like what I thought I wanted to do. But even though I'm not a teacher anymore of elementary students, I still like do enjoy like teaching astrology. Like I like giving readings. So I feel like I really understood. I had experiences teaching and I loved it. And I wanted to teach like languages, but I guess astrology to me is like a language. Mm -hmm. And that takes us back to 12th house perfection, which we said at the beginning, 2335, (laughs) where it's the end of a cycle in order to prepare for a new one at the first house perfection year. So I hope that helped um, recognize maybe some themes associated with particular ages. If you want more info on what each house means if you find yourself in a certain perfection year definitely check out our houses the 12 houses episode yeah definitely and then I think we wanted to just touch on a couple more kind of nuances or things that kind of will tell you if that year is going to go in like a more positive direction or could bring up more challenges for you because again like we said it's not like everyone who has a first house year is going to have like tons of new perspectives that are wonderful or like it's not like you'll have a seventh house year and get married you know it depends Mm -hmm. on the person yeah so that's when it's important to like look back at your unique perfection chart because based on what your rising sign is you're gonna have a different ruling planet for each house of the chart so like Mm -hmm. let's say you're a Sagittarius rising Jupiter is gonna be the um perfected ruler of that year when you're in a first house perfection year right because Jupiter is associated with Sagittarius then when you move into a second house um perfection year the following year you're in Capricorn which is ruled by Saturn so only the traditional planets are used since this is an ancient timing technique so that leaves out Uranus Neptune Pluto and only focuses on the traditional planets so for Scorpio, the ruling planet is Mars. For Aquarius, the ruling planet is Saturn. And for Pisces, the ruling planet is Jupiter. Yeah. So to back it up, like number one, as we went over at the beginning, every year of your life is ruled by a house in your birth chart. So looking to your house first for that perfection year. And then number two, like Alice just said, looking at the cusp of that house and finding the traditional ruler. And that will give you more clues of like what events might come into greater focus or maybe just the themes of things that you're going through in that year to come. Or if you're looking back at the past, like what themes were brought up then. Yeah. So for instance, like we're going to have different first house themes, Maxine, because you're a Gemini rising. Mm -hmm. So your first house perfection year is ruled by Mercury, whereas I'm a Leo rising. So my first house perfection year is ruled by the sun. Mm, Yes, that's so true. And like that makes perfect sense because when I was thinking back to my first house year, that was a year where I started learning astrology because it was like ruled by my Mercury. And I didn't start learning astrology till my second house Virgo perfection oh my gosh, year, true. which is ruled by Mercury. Okay, I love that. So <laughs> That's such a perfect that, example. I just put that together right now on this podcast. <laughs> um, whereas when I was in a perfection house, first house perfection ruled by the sun, it was a lot more just about self-discovery and being more independent mm. rather than learning. 
Right. And so this kind of goes back to say, like, um, it's not just as simple as looking at the house. Like, that is where it comes first. But then to learn more clues, really, about how that house is going to unfold for that particular individual, you have to look at the chart ruler. And there are a lot more factors, but um, they do get to be quite confusing to explain on a podcast. Yeah, like it could go into a lot of different stuff involving transits to the ruler of that um, particular perfection year and also what it's doing transiting currently through the sky. But yeah, again, without visuals, it's kind of hard to explain here. Um, So all you need to know really to get base to get your like basic start with perfections is what house you're currently what house is currently activated for you that year and also what the ruling planet is to get further clues into that right and it's kind of like I like to think of it as like the universe is honestly supporting you um or in some way and that like shows up in that perfection year for you yeah so I'm so excited to see what my sixth and seventh house perfection <laughs> I know I'm so excited too and um and yeah and I think it's really just interesting to like look in the past like Alice was saying at the start go back like see what came up for you 12 years ago and then like see if common themes are coming up now um and also note that like because this is something that is helping you like in your evolution and growth like just because you had a really bad year 12 years ago doesn't mean that this year will like manifest negatively too like you are always growing and learning from your experiences Mm -hmm. but yeah it is super helpful to see how kind of similar themes may arise Mm -hmm. and maybe you'll need to have like a different approach toward it or like you have more coping skills or like more knowledge of how you want to face that area of life when that year comes up again yeah because I'm thinking about I'm comparing age 28 to a fifth house perfection year I had that at 16 and like 16 I definitely wasn't in like an amazing supportive relationship like I'm in now but I definitely remember that was the first year when I like when a guy had a crush on me and like I kind of like oh I love that um I don't know I had a guy I liked for the first time ever so it was definitely fifth house themes brought in but not in such a positive way that they are now at 28 Mm, yeah exactly and so it's not like oh no I'm gonna like repeat that again it's like no you're learning maybe new lessons associated with that theme of partnerships and relationships yeah that's really interesting um so is that it for perfections I believe so yeah so this is like a nice little taste into one of those predictive techniques that honestly is like a nice like grasp for the general overview of the year I feel like that's when it's used the most effectively yeah so let's get into our Q&A for this week um the first one we have is if you're born on a full moon what are the implications and impacts so when you're to, to tell if you're born on a full moon, if you have your moon in the opposite sign of your sun, you're born on a full moon. So like if you have a Taurus sun like Maxine and a Scorpio moon, those two signs are opposite. You're born on a full moon. What Since you are born on a full moon, Maxine, mm-hmm. what would you say? How do you think that shows up in your life? Okay, so I feel like it makes it a couple of things. Number one, relationships especially like close one-on-one relationships have always been taken very seriously from me. So like um, I tend to find 
people in one-on-one relation or like people who have are born on a full moon tend to either like really want to be in a relationship or not at all like I I know for me it's it was always before Nick I never had another boyfriend like he was my first boyfriend and I took it so seriously when I when I was together with him but before that I was just like no the focus has to be on me because I feel like there was always a fear of being like lost in a relationship I have noticed with um observing people I know that were born on full moons that they are very like relationship prone and it is mm-hmm. it is kind of like how you say like it's not just casual relationships it's like when you're with someone it usually ends up yes. being like at least a year long or like I don't know I know like a lot of serial monogamists who are born on full moons. <laughs> <laughs> me let's put it that way <laughs> that's a good way of putting it um but yeah so it's kind of like your light it's kind of like your identity is played out through your relationships with others mm-hmm. yeah and I feel like other people help me to get a greater perspective on myself you know um exactly and also there's a lot of tension that goes with being born on a full moon because you will have your sun and moon in opposite signs and houses and so although there is kind of like usually a similar thread that flows between those two signs it does make it so like what I need emotionally for example as a Scorpio moon um is like this great deal of emotional intensity and depth and it's like wanting to always transform myself whereas like a Taurus moon or a Taurus sun opposite that is all about like not liking change like not wanting to transform all the time and um it's like more involved on in a less like spiritual plane and more of like the physical realm so sometimes I have what my will wants my son conflicts with my emotional needs that's really interesting yeah I do feel like the plus side of being on a be born on a full moon though because I feel like with new moon people if you're born on a new moon and your sun and moon are in the same sign or like one sign away from each other um with the moon ahead of the sun though mm-hmm. I feel like that sometimes makes it hard to gain perspective from it's it's a lot about like yourself and it's hard to like take other people's opinions into like consideration um so sometimes there's like a self-centered aspect of being on a being born on a new moon but with being born on a full moon it's like often you're always considering someone else Mm, yeah and I feel like so yeah being born on a full moon the positive part that you can develop is having like a greater perspective or objective kind of outlook on life and other people and I feel like it does give you like two different perspectives so like I'm more comfortable with like um I don't know different perspectives and seeing things differently you know in different ways Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's really interesting question number two I have the sun mercury and venus in my 12th house in virgo what does this mean I thought this was a good question just because um <laughs> a lot of people are scared by 12th house placements yeah. and Maxine we both have 12th house placements and they aren't anything bad or like doomed about your chart um mm-hmm. Maxine you have you have sun and Venus both in your 12th house. Yes, that's why I love this question too. I'm like, I relate. Um, Yeah, and so basically the 12th house, I feel like it does make it so you might be a more private person, especially having your son there. And that might mean that you kind of want to hide behind like a part of yourself or like you might not even feel safe necessarily to like fully express yourself, especially when you're younger. And so it's kind of like a growing into like yourself and being 
able to feel like you can express yourself authentically and being more well received. Um, yeah, I feel like I see this in a couple other people I know with 12th house sons, not so much with you, but like, it's hard for them to even like identify what they need to be doing with their life. Like, it's just hard mm-hmm. for them to like understand themselves. It's like that part of them just hidden. Mm-hmm. I, I do find a lot of people who have the son in the 12th though are really like need an aspect of spirituality in their life, like needing to kind of find a more spiritual sense of self because this 12th house has to do with spirituality and the sun is yourself. Exactly. And until that's found, it's often like kind of being dissatisfied, I feel like. Oh yeah, I totally relate to that. And then just to touch on like having Venus in the 12th, I see that a lot, like myself included, um, being very private about love life. And like almost secretive about it, you know, like wanting to keep Mm -hmm. that sacred or like personal. And I would say, yeah, with a lot of 12th house planets or even just with one, like you are more intuitive and you're very quick to pick up on like the atmosphere of the room around you and like how other people are feeling. Maybe you feel like you're like the therapist friend, like you're always giving advice and help and support to other people. But sometimes you need to learn how to set boundaries because 12th house planets may leave you like drained. Yeah. You just like (laughs) you need to retreat and be alone. Yes. Yes. And that's totally especially having your son in the 12th house. It's like you need to recharge by being alone. Like you might love being around people and like that lights you up, but you have to have some type of like routine or something that allows you to like literally like plug yourself back into what's important to you. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Well, I think that's all for this episode. Yes. Um, <laughs> one last thing I want to mention is our June June forecast episode on Patreon is coming out this week on June 1st or June 2nd at the latest, but that'll give the lowdown on the whole month ahead with the transits for each rising sign. So it's kind of like getting a personalized reading from us. Um, So if you do want to see what June has in store ahead, go to the show notes, um, click the link to our Patreon and for $5 a month, you get access to that forecast episode every single month yes and it's honestly like such a great way if like maybe you don't have the time or you're not able to purchase like a reading with one of us that's a great look at like a more specific like we get into a lot of detail of what's to come in the month of head so it's great to plan out your month yeah okay well thank you guys for listening that was all for this week and we can't wait to see you back here next sunday yes thanks so much